Okay, folks, today we are in Lesson 14. We're progressing right along in our study of Ephesians. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 7 through 14 today. And we've been looking at how Paul, if you can think back all the way to chapter 4, he was telling us not to partake in and not to do the things that the Gentiles were doing because of the futility of their mind. And so today he's going to be really looking at us and telling us the same thing about not becoming involved with evildoers. And again, that has to do with, uh, with reference to unbelievers and their actions. So today we're going to be looking at uh, the whole issue again of, not, of what we should not be doing and we shouldn't be coming involved with their works. And so let's, let's take a look. Look with me. First of all, we're going to look at verses 7 through 10. Notice what it says. In verses 7 through 10. Therefore, do not become partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So let's look first of all here in verse 7. He's telling us not to get involved. The word partake here means to become partners with someone's actions. It means to become partners with someone's actions. So Paul's telling us here uh, that you and I are not to partake. That is, we aren't supposed to get involved with the actions of someone else, and specifically the someone else that he's talking about here, is you and I are not to become involved with the things that unsafe people become involved with, with their sins. Which brings us to the next point then. Paul tells us not to get involved with those who habitually practice sin. Those who habitually practice sin. Now, how, how do we know that? Well, if you go back to verses 5 and 6, look what it says in verse 5. For you know this, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So again, if you think back what he was saying before in the last lesson, as he closed out the last lesson, we were looking at the issue of Paul saying that we need to be aware that people who habitually practice sin will not inherit the kingdom of God, will not, in, will not partake in the kingdom of God. They won't have eternal life. And for you and I not to be deceived by anyone saying otherwise, not to be deceived, you know, especially today in our circles today, you have people who who make a profession of Jesus Christ, but then they'll continue in their lifestyle, they'll continue in their life, no care for the Lord whatsoever, but they'll continue in their lifestyle and, and they think they're okay because maybe a grandma told them that they're okay because they prayed a prayer or whatever. And Paul's saying, no, don't let anybody deceive you. If you habitually practice sin in your life, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. Now, again, we're not talking about the issue of addictions, because there are good Christians who struggle with addictive issues, but the issue is, is that somebody who is consciously engaging in sin without any concern whatsoever for the reality of that. And so Paul's saying now, as we get into where we're looking at today, he's telling us flat out, verse 7, don't become involved with them. Don't partake in their sinful attitudes and their actions. Don't get involved with habitual sin. 
Don't get involved with those who habitually practice sin. Now, here's the reason why. Now, this is something you and I have got to grasp. Here's the reason why. Look with me in verse 8. For you were once darkness. Several things I want you to see here. Number one, you were once like those who practiced these deeds. You were once, before Jesus, like those who practiced these deeds. Now, that includes anyone here if you've gotten saved as a child. You were once darkness. This is something we've got to grasp. We cannot sit in judgment of others around us, especially unsaved people, concerning the issues of what they're doing and what they're doing wrong and the sin in their life, because Paul's saying to you and I, you and I were once like that. You and I were once darkness. We once lived where they lived. And because of that, we can't stand in judgment of them, but with reference to what we're looking at today in this passage, he's telling us, don't go there. You once did that stuff. You were once motivated by the same thing. You were once you were once like them. You once operated in the futility of your mind. So Paul points out that you were once like those who practice these deeds. In fact, Paul is pointing to the fact that we were once unbelievers. We were once unbelievers. I mean, that's the reality of all of us. If it wasn't for the grace of Jesus, we would be just like them in the futility of our life. I mean, yeah, you might be moral. Yeah, you might be doing the right things. But the reality is, is if you don't know Jesus, you're an unbeliever and you're operating out of the futility of your mind. So he points out that they were, were once unbelievers. Now, look, look, continue to look with me. But now, verse 8, you are light in the Lord. Now you are light in the Lord. So here, here's what he's saying here. You are now a light for Christ. You are now a light for Christ. Now, you are something different. Your light shines in the midst of the darkness that's around us as, as being something different. What is he saying here? You're a follower of Christ. You are a follower of Jesus. So the reason why I don't want to get involved in the things that they're getting involved in, the reason why I don't want to get partake of what is habitual sin within the lives of others is because I'm someone different now. I am a follower of Jesus. I am a light for Christ. Which brings us then to verse 8. Look at the last part of verse 8. He tells us what we need to do then. So he says, walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light. You need to live your life in light of who you are. In fact, that's the point I want you to see here. Look at what, he's, what Paul's trying to get us. Paul commands us to live our lives according to who we are. You and I have a responsibility to live our lives in light of who we are as believers. How many of you remember... Uh, growing up in your in and having parents who basically told you that you could not act a certain way or couldn't do a certain thing because to do so would be not reflective of who you are, not reflective of your your family name. So I, I remember there were things that we couldn't do simply because we were a canon, and to to do that would be a poor reflection of who we are. Now, now my question to you is: That's what Paul is saying here. Are you living that way? Are you living as one who 
is reflecting the fact that they're a Christian? Do you bear that name well? That's really what he's talking about here. Are you walking in the light? Are you walking in the light? Because he's in the light. Now look with me at verse 9. Notice what he says there now. For the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. See, if I'm going to be walking with him, here's what he's saying. That walk will be evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. If I'm walking in the light, if I'm not walking and habitually practicing sin, there is going to be evidenced in my life the fruit of the Spirit. Now, Paul goes on again, if you go over to Galatians, in another book there, another epistle, he talks about the fruits of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, and, and several gentleness. And those things are evidence of the fruit in your life. Now, he goes on and says that, but that the works of the flesh, it's a good parallel passage, are the very same things that he's telling us here not to become involved with. Don't become involved with these things. Because the evidence of the Spirit in your life is going to be maturity and growth and character development. But the reality is is that to do the other side is to walk in darkness. So that walk is going to be evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And then verse 10, notice what verse 10 says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. See, if I walk in the light and I'm evidencing the fruit of the Spirit in my life, here's the next point. This walk helps us find what pleases the Lord. If I'm walking in the light, I'm not partaking with those who are habitually practicing sin. I'm evidencing the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Then I'm not going to, listen to me, I'm not going to wonder about what pleases God. I'm going to know what pleases God. Because basically I'm going to be doing the things that pleases God if I'm walking in the light and I'm evidencing the fruits of the Spirit in my life. So he goes on to look at verse 11 through 13. He's going to specifically talk to us here about uh, some things that we should not get involved with. Look with me at verse 11. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Okay, first of all, he's telling us, don't get involved, but expose. Don't get involved, verse 11, but expose. So, first of all, tell, Paul tells us not to become involved in sinful activities. You know, that's so contrary to what our culture is expressing today. Our culture, our culture is saying, try it. Whatever works for you, fine and involve others in it. But Paul's telling us here, don't get involved. Don't get involved in what they're doing. Don't become involved in sinful activities. In fact, here's what he's going to say. Our lives will expose the sin in others. So you don't even have to say anything. If you live differently, if you're walking in the light, if you're exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit in your light, and you know what pleases God, and you're just doing that, your life is going to stand in contrast to the lives of those who are doing evil. So what happens is, is as you are walking in the light, and light is shining forth out of your life, it's going to expose the darkness, and it's going to expose the sinful things 
in the lives of others. Kind of reminds me of the story of from Billy Graham's life. He was, I think, he was taking part in a pro amateur uh, golfing thing, and he was golfing with a group of people. And at the end of the 18 rounds, the pro who was a part of his group went into the locker room, and he's kicking and fussing, and he's slamming the lockers, and he's saying, "Oh, that Billy Graham," and you know, and this, that, or another. And and one of the other pros looked over at this pro who was making a big fuss and said. Boy, Billy must have been really hard on you. What did he say to you? And the guy paused and said, he didn't say anything to me. See, this is the issue. Paul's saying here, you don't have to say anything. Your life is going to stand in contrast with those around you. And it's going to expose their deeds of darkness. So don't get involved with them. Your life's going to stand in contrast. Your life is going to be different. It will expose the sin and others. Now here's the reason. Look with me at verse 12. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Here's what Paul's saying. Some things are so disgraceful and dangerous they should be sealed off. They should be sealed off. Now that's exactly the exact opposite of where our culture is today. I mean... The, the crazier, the wackier, the most shameful and despicable it is, it's going to end up on TV. They'll bring them on TV to expose the evil of their sin. And, and, and that sells. And people watch that, and people are into that. But Paul says, look, there are some things that as we expose the darkness in their lives... There's some things that we shouldn't even be speaking of, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. We shouldn't even be speaking of them out. In fact, here's what he's saying. They should be sealed off from direct contact or even from conversation. We shouldn't even be speaking about it. But our tendency is, though, isn't it? Do you believe what so-and-so did? I can't believe he did that. And, I mean, just the thought of it is tantalizing to us. So we talk about it. But Paul says, there are things that are so despicable, so shameful, so sinful, that we shouldn't even talk about them. And that's what he's saying here. So I'm, I'm going to avoid the sin. I'm going to let my life stand in contrast to the darkness of the world because there's stuff in this world that should not even be spoken of. And look with me at verse 13. He tells us the explanation why. But all things are that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Here's what he's saying here. When light exposes evil deeds, they manifest what they really are. Here's what's going on. When your life stands in contrast to those around you who are habitually practicing sin, those in darkness, when you are exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit in your life and you're trying to do what pleases God, your light is going to expose their darkness your light is going to expose their sin, and it's going to express what it really is. It's going to show what their habits and what their actions really are. And, and let me just be a little, help you realize something. That's not necessarily going to draw a good response, because nobody likes to be pointed out, even without saying anything, that what they're doing is wrong. 
Here's what's going on here. Paul says, here's what the point Paul's making here. A believer then cleanses himself of them, realizing that they are detrimental not only to him, but to other believers. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit doing these things because they're not only detrimental to myself, but if I am engaged in those things, I am going to be a detriment to those who are fellow believers in Christ. And then notice with me, we're, here's where we're finishing up. Verse 14, Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Here's what he's saying. First of all, Paul tells us to wake up and leave behind the deeds of evil. You and I need to wake up. You cannot function on auto control, on autopilot. You have to just, you can't set the cruise today and say, I'm just going to do it. You've got to make a conscious effort not to get involved with stuff that other people are doing. You've got to make a conscious effort to live your life in contrast to what they're doing. You've got to make a conscious effort to walk in the light, to bear the fruits of the Spirit. You've got to make a conscious effort. You've got to make a conscious effort to allow your life to stand in contrast. So you've got to wake up. Leave behind the deeds of the evil. You just can't keep going on in them. Now, here, here's what he's saying. Now, as you do that, Jesus will guide you in our walk. Jesus will guide us in our walk. A believer who has committed deeds of darkness is to wake up and rise from the dead since he is involved in the deeds of evildoers. And as you wake up and as you go forward, Jesus will be your guide. He will guide you and direct you in your life. Now, next week we're going to be looking at Lesson 15, and as we get into Lesson 15, he's going to point out one other key component, and that is the issue of who's controlling you. And, and really next week is the issue of being controlled by the Spirit, as we talk about the Spirit-filled life. So that's what we're going to be looking at next week. So let's pray.